0: Our guest today on our first Unit Dreaming series is Debbie Tannenbaum. An educator with over 20 years of experience, Debbie Tannenbaum works each and every day to transform learning using technology. During her time in education, she has served both as a classroom teacher in various grades and as an elementary technology coach. Outside of the classroom, Debbie promotes using technology tools to amplify student learning in her work as an educational technology consultant, ISTE-certified educator, author, blogger, and speaker. You can connect with Debbie at tannenbaumtech.com. Let's get to this unit dreaming episode. I'm educational justice coach Lindsay Lyons, and here on the Time for Teachership podcast, we learn how to inspire educational innovation for racial and gender justice, design curricula grounded in student voice, and build capacity for shared leadership. I'm a former teacher leader turned instructional coach. I'm striving to live a life full of learning, running, baking, traveling, and parenting because we can be rockstar educators and be full human beings. If you're a principal, assistant superintendent, curriculum director, instructional coach, or teacher who enjoys nerding out about co-creating curriculum with students, I made this show for you. Here we go. Debbie, welcome to the Time for Teachership podcast. I am so excited to be here today. This is going to be so, so much fun. Oh, yes, it is, because we are doing a super fun type of episode, but we're actually designing a unit. So I am pumped.
1: <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I've been looking forward to this since we first talked about it.
0: Oh my gosh. Yay. Uh, So for listeners, do you want to just kind of frame, like, what is the context that you teach in? Like what kind of unit, like who are we developing this unit for? What kind of class? That kind of thing. Anything else you want to share for context before we get started? Sure. So
1: I'm an elementary school tech coach in Northern Virginia. And as part of my job, I support educators where I help them to integrate technology into their classrooms. I also work with students as part of the master schedule And in my role this year, I've been tasked with coming up with an enrichment type activity. And after going to a lot of different things um, in my district, there's really a need to have some sort of tech crew or I'm not sure if that's the right word for it, but student tech group to support the needs of the school. And so uh, to be perfectly transparent, I tried it at the beginning of the school year. My first attempt definitely was not what I wanted it to be. So I thought that this would be a great way for me to reflect on that first experience and build something that really will meet the needs of my students, really give them that feeling that they're doing something to help their school and activate things and you know, really take it to the next level. So I'm really looking forward to this. I really feel like a lot of my students don't necessarily see themselves as leaders. They're used to just kind of having to do the same thing over and over again in the school setting. And so I really want them to, and when I tried to do this the last time, they were kind of waiting for me to give them the answer. So I want to create a learning experience that's really going to help them to build that agency and really see themselves taking this work to a higher level and not just doing something where it doesn't have an authentic audience. I really want to be able to build something that at the end of this, there's something they can be proud of and that they've really done something to enhance the needs to support the needs of our school.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that framing so much. So in terms of grade level, we're talking about, did you say second, fourth elementary age, right?
1: You're right. The group, this group is fifth and sixth graders who um so. have elected not to be in chorus. Um, And so they get to choose an activity, and so they are, the group that I have now is with me until the middle of February. This group will be with me from the end of February till the end of the school year. So they're with me, this group will be with me about 14 weeks, so 14 hours.
0: Okay. 14 weeks for one 60 minute sessions, one hour each session. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Oh, that's so good to know in terms of like framing out the pacing, the protocols, this is going to be so perfect. Fun. Yeah. Awesome. So you already started answering this a little bit, but I want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper. What are the things that you want students to kind of learn, pursue? I often think about like priority standards. I imagine there's some like tech pieces. There's also some agency pieces I'm hearing and and as an anchor, I often use like Goldie Mohammed's work of like thinking about identity. What are they learning about themselves or others? Criticality, so thinking about power, equity, disruption of injustice, that kind of thing. But also like joy, like how do we make it fun and, and make students like ha- have a good time with this? So any of those things that are like kind of shouting out to you like, yeah, I wanna include this or this is kind of what I want.
1: Well, I definitely want it to be something that's engaging and fun to them. Um, but I also want the, to them to see themselves as leaders in general a lot of times when you have kids who have elected not to be in chorus they've elected not to be in chorus because they don't want to really they're not they're they're not interested in taking a more traditional leadership role being a performer but yet they have a lot of really great characteristics and personality traits that make them great um candidates for this type of thing so i really want to build their you know their agency, their confidence in themselves. But I also want them we're in I'm in a school right now where we have, I think like five hundred and eighty kids, and we have a tech support person who's there two and a half days a week. And then I'm there five days a week, but I'm the integration person. So there's many times where there isn't a tech person in the building with air quotes, but yet the but this will still need support. And so I wanna empower them to be able to be leaders in that capacity. And I want them to develop customer service skills. I want them to be able to understand how to work with people in that sense. I want them to understand some basic troubleshooting built on some of those um, International Society for Technology for Educator standards where they can do some basic troubleshooting and I teach them how to help with that. I really and I also want them to really go it with go with this with a design thinking lens where they're really empathizing with the user because a lot of times I feel like our students don't have that empathy piece they they are they have tunnel they can have tunnel vision because that's their world and I really want to to build that they talk a lot I'm right now reading this great book called five gen leadership I don't know if you've read it and it talks about how our alpha generation is like the last generation, and that they've spent a lot of time on the screen, so they know a lot about it. And the group that I have right now, there's a I have one kid who has a YouTube account is very active. yet he doesn't really understand how to we need to help our kids translate from being digital natives to being digital leaders and really help them to use their knowledge for essentially for good, to help our school, to really, be ambassadors of how to use technology. So, you know, they're not the kids who are breaking computers. They're the kids who are promoting taking care of the computers um, and really build that. I want to say like that puffed up chest feeling where like I'm I'm I help take care of our school and its technology.
0: Does that help? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering what like in terms of ways that, because I love this idea of building up leadership and I love this idea of having the impact that's like authentic. It's an audience beyond the class. It's, you know, a purpose beyond the grade. And I'm wondering if there is something, so I think customer service and troubleshooting in and of itself makes sense for just like a practical standpoint, if there's no tech person and that, like it's a huge role that they can step into and and really serve people. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering about, I'm not familiar with the standards that you were talking about, the tech standards. Is there one there that's kind of like, Mm -hmm. enabling a little bit of like either creation or connection to any of those pieces with Goldie Muhammad, where it's like identity or criticality, where we could think about like a justice issue in the school that like tech becomes a vehicle to serve
1: them or like. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just pulled them up and I think there's two. One is talking about being an empowered learner and it talks about students understand the fundamental concepts of technology operations and develop the ability to choose, use and troubleshoot current technologies and are able to transfer their knowledge to emerging technologies. So that kind of hits on that troubleshooting piece. And then the other one we're talking about really being um, creative. There's a creative communicator one, and it really talks about being able to publish or present content that customizes the message and meaning medium for their audiences. And also, you know, choosing the appropriate platforms and tools to meet their desired outcomes of creation or communication. So I think those two IST indicators are really a good fit. Um, in addition, they it talks about becoming a global collaborator and you know using technology, you know, to work with others and examine issues and problems from multiple standpoints. So I think this fits in well with the social justice and the ISTE standards, because they have so many commonalities.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it. And it also makes me think of maybe the end goal. And I mean, you can feel free to push back on this, but I'm just imagining like, maybe the end goal isn't even just that the standards are accomplished or or, or, like proficiency in the standards isn't just gained by the students in your tech group, but actually, they are responsible to lead the charge for all students in the school to be able to accomplish those standards.
1: That would be amazing. And I mean, I know in this group of students wanted to make videos, but I, it, when I looked at it long-term and it hasn't quite happened, I kind of envisioned them almost creating like a site, but I don't want to direct it too much. Right. I really want them to direct it. And so it's that balance between letting them go, but also making sure they're creating something that has, you know, long-term, st- you know, stamina, but yeah. I also don't want to limit them. What I, my idea might be if, their ideas could be totally different and maybe even better than mine.
0: I love that idea. I love that balance is so tricky, right? Like the student voice, open-endedness. And then also like, I'm going to guide it so that it makes sense so that students aren't completely like left to their own devices and like just confused and kind of flailing and and just being like, I don't know what to do, which is totally what happens when education for so long is like, this is what you do. And then like you said, they look to you and the last time you tried it, like, what do we do? I mean, they were all like, what
1: do you mean? And I was like, Well, and I had to, I kept giving leading questions and eventually I was like, well, I almost felt like I had given them too much. You know, I went from saying, okay, brainstorm, here's a jam board, write the things our school needs. And them all looking at me like deer in headlights to me saying, okay, you guys, let's pull it back. I'm going to put the jam board up on the Promethean board and we'll brainstorm together. And then I felt like I had kind of taken it too far back.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering, I'm thinking our plan can be to come up with a cool driving question that is like the guide and the yeah. students can choose, or we can come up with like either some brainstorm ideas for the final project or like the project mm-hmm. that they're working on throughout and, or like the parameters for that, or like, sometimes I think about it as like a publishing opportunity. So like, where does the project go once they create it to oh, make like it that. have the impact? So I think if we think of those two, and then if we have time, we can think about like, what are the actual protocols in those 14 sessions yeah. that are the guide, like they provide enough structure that students still have the voice and choice to, to do what they want. And like in this round, I actually had them come
1: up with a logo and I had them um, come up with a name. And I'm trying to determine whether in the second round, I should still do that so they have that connection. Um and i I did it around session two or three, and I'm almost wondering if that needed to happen first this time. Um, but they you know, they created the name, they we went on Canva. they all designed different um, logos. And then once they had done that, we voted as a group to determine which one we were picking, which I loved. But I feel like I did it at the wrong time.
0: Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, almost like as an intro opportunity, like class circle, for example, as a protocol. Like we wouldn't have to do that, but like some sort of or some sort of like tech platform protocol that enables that sharing, where we're doing community agreements, but as as a community, we're also deciding like who we are, what imagery or what words define who we are, and like,
1: and that's what we, we of, were missing. I feel like hmm. like, and that's something I think is really important. Like. I want. I didn't want them to come and feel like, oh, this is something we have to do. I wanted them to come and be like, yes, it's our time to work as a tech group. And it didn't quite go exactly how I wanted it to. And you know, I don't want them to come and say oh, we have thirteen sessions, twelve sessions left. They'll be, oh, we only have twelve sessions left. There's a difference in that.
0: Yeah, I'm also thinking maybe that first like. I know this is packing a lot into that first one, and and we're kind of like jumping ahead to like what is the the day by day or week by week, but. I think that, like, kind of big dream or vision that students can kind of co create as well. Like, if we can come up with a driving question that they could start to answer or just give like initial gut reactions to day one, like, you know, and then we kind of evolve and learn more and kind of start creating along those 14 sessions to like have a really great answer or response to the driving question at the end. I think that would be really cool. So, I'm I'm almost wondering, like, is there some sort of question? that you're thinking of that's like an initial thought, or it doesn't even have to be a question, but like words that come to mind, goals that come to mind for like what you want students to kind of grapple with around those ideas of like, I'm just kind of looking at my notes again, being empowered learners and empowering students around the school to be empowered learners, creative communicators and global collaborators.
1: Yeah, because I'm looking at the question I had last time and it was how might, how might we best support my school's need, technology needs, and that's really was not what I, what I needed that was, that was not specific enough.
0: Yeah. I'm almost thinking like, um, you know, like from a student engagement perspective, like what would be a really fun question that they're like, I am jumping out of my seat to answer this question day one before I even learn any content from the tech group, like something, something like, and, and this doesn't have to be it probably isn't it, but just something that has the same energy as what, how could technology make school so fun to be at or something like, you know what I mean? Like how does, um, like, what is, wh- like, what's our vision for how technology is used? But that's huge, like, kind of drive. That's, Something yeah. that's, like, capturing that, you know, big energy, yeah. joy. Yeah. But I want to, I'm not sure if
1: that, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm, I was like kind of typing as you were talking to kind of get it down, but I'm not sure if that captures exactly where I want to go. I like the idea of making it fun. But I also wanted to, I want to make sure that it's not just about playing games and joking around.
0: Yes. I wonder if, so one of the questions, the driving question frames that I love is like, what's the formula for blank? So maybe it was, it would be like, what's the formula for like the best year of school ever or something like that. And then they have to grapple with like, well, it's a balance of like fun and, you know, tech use, but also human use. There's like the tech human balance. And then there's like the fun learning balance, or like, I don't know if it's a balance, but like integration, you know what I mean? They could come up with what the elements were. And that's something they could do some, a question like that is something they could answer without any prior knowledge or anything you want to teach them day one, but then they could also answer it so much better at the end of the year when they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, well there's this piece. And then there's this piece. And then like, we learned about digital responsibility. So there's also this piece, like, you know, like some question like that that enables them to answer day one, but way better day 14.
1: And you can say that question one more time. I just want to hear it one more time.
0: Yeah. What's the, the frame would be like, what's the formula for? And then Mm -hmm. you could put whatever at the end, but like, what's the formula for the best year of school ever or something like that that, too big. Hmm. Like, I mean, what do you think? What's the
1: formula for, um, what's the formula for, um, using that's not, I don't like the word use for amplifying student learning using technology. I don't think that's going to buy them in.
0: Right. Cause that's the thing, right. You want it to that be sounds like, like
1: teacher talk.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So typically the thing, the things I think about when I have a, a compelling driving question, is like students are compelled to respond. Like they want, they're jumping out of their seat to answer. It's relevant to students right now. So maybe tapping into either a current event or a struggle that they have, or like, um, yeah, like social media, like things that they use tech with beyond the school walls or something like, you know, something like that. And then like, it invites creation. Like it invites like some sort of like taking action or like solution generation or something like that. So those are typically the things that I think about. I'm just trying to think about like,
1: what would be, like, I feel like for the best year ever is too broad. So I'm just trying to think or... Yeah. What
0: is the thing, I guess I'm trying to get at, like, what is the thing that we want the school to be like? So we, we talked about, and I think there was more beyond this, but like, we talked about student agency and like kind of being an empowered learner. We talked about being creative in the communication, like the creative communicator. We talked about collaboration and like global collaboration. And so thinking about kind of those ideas of like agency creation, collaboration, is there something that like captures the use of all of those pieces in like what school is and like what school what, can be? That's kind of like dreamy.
1: What's the formula for empowering um, students in our school to use technology to create? Would that work? Eh.
0: So I think like what, what we're doing now is we're thinking about like, yeah, like what is the, We're almost like thinking about the answer before Like we're thinking about how we want them to answer. So I I imagine being an empowered learner, a creative communicator and a global collaborator is part of the answer that we want students to give. Do you know what I mean? And so the question has to be big enough that they could go like 14 different directions with it. So for example, we could say like, what's the formula for something super vague, like um, an engaging learning community. Yeah, like for school to be fun, for an engaging learning community, for like student leadership and, you know, yeah, like something that we want to have, like what's the end end results, like the big thing we're going Could for? We just go like,
1: what is the formula
0: to become a student tech leader? No, I'm wondering if, because if the goal, it's, it totally can be, I'm wondering if the goal is extending beyond the student group, if it's like actually impacting the entire school, yeah. Um, and it could even be beyond the school, right? It could also be like, as a human being in the world using technology, like, right, like, what is the thing that we want? What to- about What about? what's the formula for being um, digital leaders? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you have the leadership piece, which was one of the core pieces you were after yeah. at the start. You oh, have the integration of technology just within that phrase. Mm-hmm. And then, then that also connects to all the ISSI standards that you're talking about, because that's kind of ISI's answer to the question. It's like, it's mm-hmm. all these things. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? How, are, how is that Maybe for
1: out? becoming digital leaders for our school community? Or is that too I narrow? Almost,
0: yeah. I almost wonder if you keep it at digital leaders, okay. then when we backwards plan, we could think about like, okay, well, we're going to do like case studies. So what does it look like to be a digital leader in- the school community. What does it look like to be a digital leader in this tech group? What does it look like to be a digital Ooh, leader? Oh, I like that. With your family or in social media, like in, you know, oh I love world. that.
1: That's awesome. I really yeah. like this. This is a this is this this is good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's All funny right. because as we were talking, I'm
1: like, we're not going to come up with it. And we've already been talking, but like <laughs> now that we've come up with it, I'm like, it frames everything.
0: Right. And it's compelling enough. Like it's not so narrow that students couldn't just like give their thoughts and be excited to give their thoughts day one. Right. That's why I like it, yeah. Okay, cool. This is gonna be so fun. And I wrote it on the,
1: where I was kind of just starting to plan things out, so.
0: Oh, yay, okay, cool. So then in terms of a final project or like what students are creating, we could do a couple things. We could think about like completely open-ended, students are gonna, in defining what it looks like to be a digital leader, they come up with projects that kind of like enable them to do that thing. Um, and, or we could come up with a couple examples to get them started with the brainstorming, Mm-hmm. Or we could do like, here's the publishing opportunity. So what that might look like is like at the end of like in June, um, we're going to bring all the teachers in and you're going to run PD for the teachers and you're going to teach them how to do this thing with their students next year or something, you know, there's like a platform mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the students just have kind of like whatever they created, that's their time to share it. Oh my God. They would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think they would, even if they couldn't do it live and let's say they created
1: some virtual models. Yeah. Yeah. Even cooler. I, I mean like, some virtual models for students and some virtual models for teachers, maybe even virtual models for families.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. This is so cool. Yeah. I know. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> so then there's going to be, so the publishing opportunity then would be like the housing location, whatever that is. If it's like you house it for them as like a PD portal that people can like log into based on you know whether they're a family member or a teacher or a student mm-hmm. or if it's like a page on the website that's open access to everyone. Right. Well I'm I'm the webmaster so I do have opportunities that I can add things like that. Oh that's amazing. How do you envision this like where do you envision this living or how do you envision this I mean I think I can
1: envision this living in a couple different ways. Like almost think about back in the day when we I don't know if you ever did Baldridge. No. Okay, so Belgich talks about all the different stakeholders and like parents are one of your stakeholders, and teachers are one of the stakeholders and what it looks like and sounds like in students. And I almost can see, like for teachers and for students, maybe an inward-facing Google site. But for the families, maybe creating a part of the website where they're sharing some of their stuff on the public web since I have access to that. Amazing. Um, because families can't log on or another option is having it on school. We have Schoology. There's a parent all course in Schoology. So there's, I see a lot of different ways to move
0: this. I love that idea. And I also think that honestly, like, I know you're kind of like out and about, like you do so much as an individual, like speaking at conferences and all this stuff, like this is something that you could like talk about, and then another district could go to your school website that's publicly available and be like, oh, sweet. Like we're going to bring these videos. That's why I really- like the idea
1: of putting it on the website more than necessarily putting it on Schoology because, yep. Um. and to be honest, even if we wanted to, we could probably put all of the resources on the public web because then it's accessible to all. Yeah, I like Even it. if I'm necessary, even if they're putting it on a Google Doc and that I'm putting it on the web and copying and pasting, um, because I'm not allowed to, I- to let them, you know, I'm the webmaster, yeah. but even if I give them those opportunities to start and then I just copy and paste in for them, they That's would be, super cool. they would be creating all of the content. I would just be copying and pasting.
0: I love that. And then you could also do, I mean, you could live on the website, but you could also have like a live presentation opportunity, you know, or something if students were even just giving yeah. like a 10 minute, Hey, this exists. And we're doing like, I know one year I did, um, we had like a social justice expo, but like everyone who visited didn't have time to get to like spend 30 minutes at every student station. So we actually did like a, I think it was maybe 10, 15 minutes at the front end of the hour where students had created like a 45 second iMovie trailer or something. And it was like, oh, I love that right? Like here's the general gist of what you will get when you go to this tutorial or something. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is going to be so fun. I'm like so excited about this. Like I'm like, this This is is so
1: much, this is great. I'm so glad we're doing this.
0: Yay. Oh my God. I'm so glad you agreed to come on the podcast to do this so other people can hear it.
1: (laughs) This is fun. Awesome. You and I are the only ones I know on a day, on a day off who are like geeking out about all this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. And if any listeners are currently geeking out, you can totally let us know that you also are geeking out on your day off <laughs> or your commute in. Um, so yeah, I think this looks like a really awesome frame. I'm wondering if there are any um, final things that we could help frame the 14 days where we're actually thinking about like, what are the protocols or activities that we're doing on a day-by-day or maybe like which day is which case study discussion or, you know, like what are you yeah. thinking for for that piece? Do you want to kind of game that out a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to do that. Okay. Awesome. So it sounds like we already kind of planned the first day, right? That was going to be the community kind of, we're developing our community agreements, our kind of like dream or whatever, what, what we want to be as a class, our logo, our name, all those kind of pieces. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then I, sometimes I like to.
1: So would you introduce the driving question at that point? I would. Yeah. Like, Would you start with the driving question or would you go to the, and then go to the community
0: agreements? Yep, I I think that's a beautiful way to do it. It's like, this is a driving question for our course, for our time together for 14 weeks. Throughout the day today, we're gonna be thinking with that question in mind, how do we, like, who do we want to be? How do we wanna show up to accomplish or address this question to like, what's our dream or vision around the driving question? How would we initially answer it in this moment? Um, you could do an anchor chart that you kind of like revisit with their initial thoughts and kind of compare contrast as they learn more throughout the year. Um, but yeah, I would do something like that. And and that to me would probably look like some sort of discussion protocol that's framing the 60 minutes. And I think that could be anything. Do you have like a favorite discussion protocol? Um, I like to use um, thinking routines a
1: lot, but yeah. I'm not sure if you would consider those um, discussion protocols.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that that could definitely frame the conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think of what would be, I mean, if you were thinking about it, what would you suggest? Yeah, I, my, my go-to always is circle um, because I just love like when people are sitting in a circle, I think there's like a really nice like connection, particularly for like the, f- the founding of the class community agreements and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it also kind of democratizes voice. So you don't have one kid talking over another one mm-hmm. like 10 times um, because everyone gets one chance to speak. And then you can kind of popcorn from there. But to answer each question, everyone gets one chance initially. But okay. I also think in a tech space, you could do something like circle, um, you know, like you, you were, I don't know if we were recording it or not, but you're talking about like a Jamboard, um, you know, option that could also be like a protocol could use Jamboard as a tech tool to enhance the discussion. So that's another option.
1: I kind of like the idea if we're going to start starting without the tech tool and doing something very good idea hands-on organic, because if I'm going to have them come up with logos and a name, a logo, I would probably at that point have them get on the computers and, you know, go on to Canva or some sort of publishing software to brainstorm that and then maybe just leave it at the end where I have all their logos so maybe then the next time we can vote because last time I had them trying to vote the same period and it was too hard for me to get everything together.
0: Gotcha okay so they're actually each individual student is designing a logo or and then in submitting a group it. Mm-hmm. what I did
1: last time is I had them doing in a group they could choose to work as a pair or individual or a group of three and then they submitted it and then I put it in a google form and we voted.
0: Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So that'll I take mean, some time too.
1: Yeah. So that might be a good thing to kind of end with, you know, getting those mm-hmm. ideas down. And yeah, the, I like And that. then maybe create a Google form with the names that they the names that have been suggested. I guess you almost need the name before the logo.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder. Like, you can also pose that question to students, right? Like, what do we want to tackle first, and just see what they they think. And maybe
1: like go through the names, and then like you know, the logo becomes like the the the. Like kind of almost the exit ticket in a way.
0: Yeah, because I, I imagine like so. I'm just thinking of people's like giftedness. Some people are very linguistically gifted, and they mm-hmm. have like a knack for language and creating that team name. Other students might really gravitate to the artistic like literacy. And so, really, if you had if you had them answer the driving question like off the bat, or like come up with like the community agreements, or like kind of their dream for the course. And then you just had like, almost like a mind map word wall kind of brainstorm thing. Mm-hmm. Then you could say, okay, use these keywords that we've identified as really important. Maybe you even annotate them. So you kind of get them all out. And then you have like stars next to the ones that people really mm-hmm. love or whatever. It's like, okay, so we're going to have one team who's like very into the linguistic half of this, create the team name, one half, create the logo mm-hmm. or, or a couple groups do each or something. Okay. So then you just have less, there's less time required because people are kind of gravitating to the thing they want to do most.
1: Yeah. And we, that's what we kind of did last time is that we had, I had one group that focused on the name and then they were also into wanting to use Canva. They all wanted to do the logo. So it was like they, you know, so once they had a name, it was easier for them to,
0: you know, to really figure out what they wanted it to look like. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. This sounds really nice. So we have the framing. I typically like to think of like a focus, a protocol, and possibly like a texture resource. So it seems like we have the focus is community building. The protocol is circle. And then the resource would be something like Canva, where you're using that to create the exit ticket or the the mini assessment almost. Does that sound right? Can you say that one more time? Yeah. So like the the focus would be community or the community building. The protocol would be circle. Okay. So That's the discussion protocol. And then the resource would be Canva as a way to kind of produce the assessment. That makes
1: perfect sense. And that actually really helps me to kind of see how that works.
0: Right. Because if you can think about it as like three bullet points of like, oh, that's the lesson plan that just to me, it feels like way more simplified than like the intense lesson plans that I often see. (laughs) No. And this helps
1: me a lot because I'm like, now, now I'm like kind of looking at it as what you're saying. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now this makes
0: sense. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So then in the second lesson, I'm, I usually call this like the build the base phase. So there's usually like one or two, maybe even three lessons. Um, I think in a 14 lesson kind of arc, maybe just two, uh, but you want to kind of like build the foundation for answering the question. So Mm -hmm. what's like the core content that you want them to learn? Do you have a sense of like, these are the things like, these are the topics or these are the things I want them to grapple with when it, when it comes to digital leadership? Is it like the SD standards? Is it like these core topics? Well, I think that I really want
1: them to to, you know, I want them to build some troubleshooting skills. Mm -hmm. I want them to build some digital responsibility. So understanding that you can't just take a picture from anywhere, that you have to, you know, take care of your devices, you know, making sure like things like, you know, you have to restart your computer, like basic troubleshooting care things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also understanding how to be a responsible digital citizen, making sure that they don't, you know, that they, you know, their models don't share your password with people, yep. you know, make sure you're making a safe password, you know, a lot of, I would say some of that sit skill in there as well, but also building the idea that you can use social media or online, you know, content for good. Because we see so much where it's being used not for good. And like I said, a lot of our students, a lot of my students spend a lot of time on YouTube. Yes. And what are the, and you know, so they all want to become YouTube. A lot of them want to become YouTube stars. Yep. Well, obviously we have a school YouTube channel, which obviously I can post content, but they, you know, but understanding that, you know, there's certain protocols in the school, like we can create stuff and that's great, but we also need to be responsible and like, you know, This year, when we were trying to make tutorials and things like that, understanding that you can't just go and make a tutorial, but you actually have to go through a process in order to make something that you're going to share with others, like take back that impulsivity to be intentional.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm actually thinking, I wonder if we just skip lessons two and three for just a second, put a pause on those. Cause I think what you just came up with was a ton of really good case studies. And so then the next phase after build the base, I usually do a bunch of case studies. So like we're in the build the base, we're thinking about like, what are the core foundational things that we need students to know, like the core content. And then the case studies are like, where does maybe one of these elements show up? So I heard, for example, like consent for picture taking. So you could take like a current event in the news or something where like this picture was taken without a person's consent and spread around or put online or whatever. Like. Sure what do you think went wrong? Or how would we actually do this legally or respectfully or responsibly, you know, yeah. whatever the language is. Um, there could be like a YouTube like case study where it's like, okay, how does like this person use YouTube? And it could even be, if they're really into YouTube, you could even use that as two case studies. One looking at a social media, um, like a, a YouTube star that does, uses their platform for good and one that doesn't or something and kind of like critique each of them or like mm-hmm. extrapolate from each of them. Like, well, what do we learn from this case? Um, and you could have some like discussion protocols that frame that as well. Um, I'm thinking, I think with the, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but when I was talking about pictures, I was almost talking about, um,
1: like creative commons and whether or not I wasn't talking about just taking pictures in general, but I was talking about creative commons and making sure you have permission to use things and proper citation and responsible use of digital resources.
0: Oh my gosh. So I love as a case study idea, this is just personally my my like grappling with this idea if you were to take two presentations one that effectively well maybe three presentations one that like used creative commons but like it wasn't visually appealing like there's so hmm. much text or whatever that it's like oh like now i just half of the screen is text attributing the whatever you there's know there's a there's yeah.
1: a um edge an um, um edu protocol called i think it's called like the ugliest slide presentation ever something it's something called like that where essentially they look at one and they try to make it as unappealing and as bad as possible I can't remember exactly what it's called but I think it's called something like that it's like the worst slideshow ever or something like that interesting I I can almost see using something like that where they essentially you know look at one that is essentially the worst possible example like you're saying
0: yeah because I imagine like my issue always with like, because I know like legally and digitally, ethically, like I need to attribute, you know, what I what I take mm-hmm. from from like Unsplash, like a visual, a visual from Unsplash or thing. However, uh, I also know that it can be very like for my brain which becomes very unfocused when there's clutter on the screen if there's right. too much text or the text is too big or you know maybe we put the text at or the uh, citations at the end versus the you know like yeah. where we choose to do that it could be really interesting to have students grapple with the idea of like digital responsibility and also at the same time is it possible to have like visual appeal and like what does that look like and have them right. kind of like grapple a bit
1: mm-hmm. It's like when we first started using PowerPoint, you're younger than I am, but like everybody would have a different um, background for every slide.
0: (laughs) Right, we need to streamline and simplify for people to be able to process. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, cool, other case studies that you, I know we kind of like touched on a few things that could become case studies too, earlier in the conversation. Anything else that was like, ooh, kids would be really into this and it would illustrate- What about, can the customer service be considered a case study or is that not really? Absolutely. So, I, what I would do is I would think of either a current event or um, some sort of customer service experience that the students had engaged with in their life, or seen their parents engage with at a store or something. Like, um, maybe maybe they have some sort of like access to some digital software or something where they've had to interact with a customer experience like person, mm-hmm. like, and have that be the point of the jumping off point for the discussion about the customer service and what makes good customer service. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you think you can think of that students would be able to connect to, you know, the elementary crowd way better than I do. So I'm not sure what they would have in terms of experience. I mean, I'm sure, I, I mean, even if they're
1: like working on a like, I know a lot of our kids use roadblocks and things like that. I'm not sure whether they might've, you know, had some experiences there with that maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: but I mean, I'm
0: trying to think You could even have them do something like if they personally had never had an experience you could have them um you could either grab like a youtube clip from like a show that they watch or something that highlights that or you Uh can have them do like practice interview skills where they interview their parents or their caretakers about like what makes good customer service or like tell me a time when you had terrible customer service and then you kind Uh of bring in all these terrible horror stories to the class and like talk about how do we not do that like what does it look like to actually build a better customer service Uh situation (laughs) So that's kind of bringing in other literacy skills, but yeah. yeah. Um, other things I was thinking, because I love that you're kind of getting after like the case studies are aligning to the standards that we want to hit yeah. or the things we want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think we kind of touched on with the slideshow idea, the not only the creative commons attribution and things, but, but like being a creator, like a creator, a communicator, that kind of thing. Um, I wonder if there's one for global collaborator, like a, an idea or a case study that would highlight like, yeah.
1: you know, I also think about like, you know, being, giving feedback in a, in a good way. Like I know as I'm working on my SD certification journey, that's one of the things that we have to address is how to, you know, post and share information appropriately online.
0: Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. So maybe what they do is they pull in, I imagine that other classes that they take in the school would have had them have that experience, either in the previous year, or this year. But maybe not with a
1: protocol though, because yeah. a lot of things times I notice and when I work with students that like if they do have an opportunity to respond to each other, they don't always necessarily know how to. Um, and so then I have to think about like I do a lot of times where I have my kids do two stars and a wish. What's two things you really liked about it? What's one thing that you wish that they could have considered, because they don't know how to do those things.
0: Yeah. So I wonder if the the jumping off point is then like every, we do like circle protocol, for example, or Jamboard, everyone share one time where you had a situation in a class where you, or even with your family at home where you got feedback and it, it, was it helpful? Was it not helpful? Why? And then that way, even if they've not used the protocol before, that's kind of the value add for you is like, okay, well here's maybe even present it to them. Like here are three protocols that I like to use the students. Like, which one do you like? Why is that one better than that one or something like that? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: And then I, I was thinking too, like um that one, like the idea of feedback, you can also embed as like a practice opportunity with like, I was thinking, so nine, 10, 11, 12, those ones, those classes, I think can be independent learner protocols where you have just, I, I usually use like win time, like what I need. So like students are just working independently on their project and like based on whatever feedback you gave them before, you know, they're doing something and then maybe conferencing with you, drawing on a resource bank that you created for them to support them, something like that. So they're just working.
1: Yep. So as they're working on this, I'm I'm kind of viewing the case studies as kind of like, here's, we're building our skills, right? Yes. Yeah. And so at what point do they then decide what they're going to be doing?
0: Oh, great, great point. Yep. I skipped one. So I think starting at 10 would be what I need as a protocol nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's good where calls. I was getting a little confused. <laughs> yeah. So nine would be, um, another maybe group discussion protocol or something where you're all, or maybe it could be like a brainstorm mind mapping activity, something where you're like, okay, so remember that question that we've been grappling with all the so return along?
1: back to the driving question.
0: Yep. We're going to like really hunker down now and like figure out wh- what does each one of us believe to be the best answer for that? Like, what is that formula? And then you could kind of answer it as a question, have whatever protocol you want to kind of get the initial brainstorm and mm-hmm. the exit ticket or assessment for that lesson, I think is every student has a draft of that formula by the end of that class.
1: And, and even if, whether they're working on it individually or in a group.
0: Yep. Yeah. Something to go off of. So
1: can I take a step back for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. So, cause a lot of what I'm seeing with what we're doing here also mimics project-based learning. Yes. Oh yeah. So like, I know like in the past when I've done project-based learning at, we also are kind of talking about what we need to know. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of falling into that mind map of like, how do we envision the dream
0: yeah. or is that different? So I think the, the, What's happening is the skill building is paralleling in each of these case studies and each of these lessons. They're building the skills actively, but they're also grappling with the content that they're going to be using to answer the question, okay. if that makes sense. So, yeah. for example, I'm thinking like um, the current event based on, or actually, let me think of a different one that I actually know more about. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe like the situation where you got feedback, right? So, for right. example, like that one. In that lesson, I might be thinking as a student, like, okay, I have all this personal experience I'm sharing and I'm learning from all these other students and in the back of my mind, or maybe not in the back of my mind, maybe you actually make it apparent. Sometimes what I've done is use a driving question as an exit ticket for okay. every single lesson. And so at the end of that lesson, that day, students are answering. So what, what did I learn today that could feed itself into the formula for a driving oh, question? So like, you know, like, so for example, I might say that like, um, an effective use of uh, digital leadership is like being empathetic and thoughtful to whoever's hearing my words on the other end of the screen or something. Mm -hmm. And that's like, they come up with a way to put it in their own words. That's part of the formula. And so they, they're kind of like building the formula as they go using all the content that they've been grappling with, if that makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm. So then once we hit nine and they're coming up with their draft, then essentially Mm -hmm. at that point those last couple of sessions are really focused on them creating.
0: Yeah. So what I typically do is I leave the last session as a reflection session. Okay. And then the second to last session is the presentation or practice presentation. If you're going to have them present digitally or just upload, like they would just at least share in the class, possibly to a wider audience, if you can, if you can swing it. And then 14, the very last one is they're actually thinking about it. Cause often we just, I used to do this all the time, skip over the reflection and then they're not like, thinking about what they actually learned. Um, and so then I would fill in the remaining two lessons between 10 and 13 of what I need protocol. So they have three solid in-class time periods to build whatever it but is. They've really
1: on. built those skills throughout as they're working. Right,
0: they're just basically putting it together into the video tutorial or whatever it is that they're coming up with as a final project, like thing, creation thing to be uploaded to that website, for example do I want to, so going back to that whole idea, do I want to guide them saying that we're going to
1: create a resource on the public web to share that formula or?
0: Yeah, I would say that like your, your opportunity, your publishing opportunity is that I'm going to give you space on the school website. Students, parents, teachers, caretakers, all these people are going to get to use your resource. So that's, your opportunity, what that resource looks like is totally up to you. You could do a Play-Doh representation of the formula or something and like do like a, you know, stop motion animation, whatever, like it could be anything, but your publishing opportunity is shared. So do we then need, if
1: we want to make sure this is parent-facing potentially to have some sort of case study where they're really talking about what their parents need to know? I love it. Yeah, I love that. So maybe maybe that's the interview where their parents they ask their parents to share.
0: I like it. Struggle points. Yes, I like that a lot because I think you could what you could do is the customer service one. That idea of what is good customer service could potentially be linked to the feedback one. I think those are kind of yeah. Let I like that idea. Let's let's do something like that where maybe they're coming,
1: you know, where they're you know interview parent me. Yeah, you or could also do, or we could split it in half and have half of them do parents and half of them do teachers.
0: Oh, I like that a lot. And even even doing students from the perspective of like what do I wish my parents knew about my activity online or what do I wish they didn't know or like what if I were a parent as a student now? What if I were a parent? Maybe in the at
1: that point, you know, have uh, So my question is,
0: do I do the do, would I have them do the interviewing? Yeah, you could help them. What I would do for that one is for the class period, maybe the class period before, um, or yeah, this could be maybe even, um, the exit ticket for the day before, or even it depends on when you want to share out what I think would be great for that one is they, they use that class period to share out their response. Uh-huh. Or you can make it a two-class, like a two-parter, where day one, they're coming up with the questions. Day two, they're sharing out the response. But I think it would be a pretty short activity to come up with the questions. So you yeah. could do it maybe at the like last 10 minutes of the f- the class before. Or you uh-huh. can come up with a base of questions okay. and give it to them the day before and say, okay, before next class. So in the next week, you have a week to go interview someone with these questions. You can add your own questions. You can make it your mm-hmm. own. But here's like the three core questions we need answered or something. Okay. Hey everybody, it's Lindsay just telling you about today's episode freebie, which is shared from Debbie. If you teach younger children and you want to teach them tech and how to enable student voice as they're using tech tools, you can get on Debbie's email list where she routinely emails you amazing ideas. That's lindsaybethlions.com slash 119 to get on her list. Back to the show. That makes a lot of sense. I think this will be so cool to hear what what comes out of that. And like, it would be very interesting too, I think for your class nine, when they're returning to the driving question, they're thinking about what the formula is for them Mm -hmm. to also have them think through the lens of a particular, like as a student, what do you think that answer is as a family member or caretaker? What is that answer as a teacher what you know like what would a teacher need to know uh-huh. and maybe everyone chooses to just answer through the student lens and that's fine and right. then teachers can parents can extrapolate from there what it means for them but it would be interesting to at least pose the question and just see what they think because sometimes yeah. kids surprise me and like i'm like oh wow that's brilliant i never would have thought oh. yeah yeah um it makes a lot
1: of sense wow
0: i think the oh. only thing we have left is building a base is yes. there a core text or resource that you would want to build into the beginning here? Like, I'm almost wondering if there's something that's like around digital citizenship. Like, I don't know, like um, Common Sense Media has like a really great article about like all of like just digital citizenship as a whole or something, or even unpacking the ISTE standards together. That's that what I was almost dry. wondering is that I had two
1: different thoughts on that. One was having them unpack the ISTE standards. And then okay. the other one was, you know, we have a, a vision for our school as far as this is what technology is supposed to be used for in our school system and kind of seeing the maybe even using those two resources you know this is how we envision you know using technology I'm going to pull it up because I know I should remember it but you know um but like you know because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a transformation of learning for students and educators and you know looking at that and you know so there's it's supposed to provide students equitable access, develop their 21st century skills, prepare them for the workforce. It's supposed to give professional learning to teachers and reinforce digital citizenship. And I know right now we're engaged in a revamp of this, but it's not going to be in effect before this starts. And even having them look at some of those things and then the comp, you know, some of the resources for that and looking at the ISTE standards, which is what you know, they technically should be getting. And, you know, they might not even be aware that some of these things were things that they needed to do.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that idea. Anchoring it in the the school vision. I wonder, because I always try to center everything in justice. I wonder if you could take that equity piece and make that like, for example, if lesson two, the Build a Base phase piece, phase one of the piece would be like looking at that community, like school-wide vision, and they're kind of unpacking that a little bit. Maybe you even like kind of parallel to the ISI standards. Maybe there's a short video that covers the ISU standards in like a really student-friendly way or something. Yeah. But like that kind of core. And then three, lesson three is like, okay, we're going to dive back into that community level, school level vision. And we're going to specifically think about equity. Maybe you pull in an article from Nuzella or something, or that's like about equity and technology or something. And like, well, what would it mean to be equitable in doing all of these things? Like what does equity mean for digital okay. citizenship or tech tech? Like, and so then maybe it's leading a conversation around like, well, what if these three students have never had an iPad at home and they don't know how to use an iPad? Well, then they need the literal step-by-step tutorial to be able to access this creation app. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to create this product and, you know, like having those kind of conversations. Or just the fact that not
1: everybody has internet access at home. All of our students are allowed to bring devices home technically. Um, It's encouraged in the upper grades more than the lower grades, but not everybody has that internet access nor do, you know, that necessarily we know what their families are able to do. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, everybody knows how to use a smartphone, but a smartphone is not normally what we send home with a kid.
0: Right, right. And so I'm kind of like gaming this out now as like, uh, thinking about how a student could answer the driving question, right? The formula might be something like everyone has access, in school, like time in school, plus the knowledge of all these creation apps that they can use to like represent their knowledge at the end of a project or unit. Mm -hmm. And the teacher has given them the flexibility in the curriculum to take that path and apply those skills using the app that they now have the skills for, that they have the knowledge and awareness of, that they have at the time in class to do. Like, you know, that could be like a possible answer that sounds so much more like layered and nuanced and like justice centered because okay. you did that framing at the start, than it would be if we like didn't have that day, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I totally understand. I might need some help building that together, but yeah, I can definitely um, look up some articles or something too. I'm sure there's something in Newzilla. Um, yeah, but I even think about, you know, you know, looking at, you know, I know that, you know, in my school community, um, You know, we've also had issues with kids not taking care of devices when they go home. And so then some teachers are afraid and then figuring out those ramifications as well.
0: Right, so like, yeah, and so the students might have some really interesting insight too. Like that could be a whole conversation or lesson, like around like, well, what does that look like? Where we balance like the trust of students with like the student responsibility piece, and like we have right. agencies so that we have to have that responsibility, and also we need the trust. Like, how do we do both of those things? And what is our role as tech leaders, to or digital leaders, right, to yeah. be able to do that? Oh, that could be part of the formula. Oh and gosh, I like so the cool. fact
1: that we we are using the word digital leaders and not just yes. tech leaders because yes. I think that that is more powerful
0: agree agree oh my gosh so we, I just realized the time was wow we are almost at the end of the hour I so, know it's like flown by I know oh my gosh so I want to like ask you a kind of closing reflection question it's like how are you feeling about the process how are you feeling in terms of like what this is going to go like anything that you want to share
1: this is so different from what I was doing but it makes so much more sense um But I definitely feel like I'm going to really need to think about how to approach it. But I actually really like, I feel like I was, I like how this is really focusing on building their skills and having them, you know, at the end, bring it to, and every time bringing it back to, you know, that driving question, because I think for them, when I was doing the other question, how can we best support the needs? That was too abstract for them.
0: Because you're still doing that, right? Like the project is still right. going to support the needs. It's just grappling with the big juicy question first and then you kind of get there in the project.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I really so I like that. Um, I, I really like how we're looking at that and you know, and how we're really gonna focus on specific skills. And then, you know, let's be honest, once we get to May 8th, it's testing time. So giving them what I need time to work on a project that they've self-identified and picked. Is going to be a good way for them to really use that time meaningfully and then when we when we hit june whether they're presenting or reflecting that's a really good way to wrap it up i think it just it, it flows really well
0: hey oh my gosh i'm so excited and we should have you on the podcast again to say like how it went and like a little preview <laughs> absolutely
1: so what <laughs> so um, as i kind of go forward i kind of want to think about that focus protocol and resource for each day then
0: yeah, I love that frame. It just makes it feel like easier and more simplified and focused versus like we're gonna do thirty things in this lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I
1: yeah, I really like that idea a lot. And you know, I'm even thinking about, I don't know if you've read um Jennifer Caso Todd's book. She has a book all about raising digital leaders. Oh, cool. And so she actually shares um, examples of how kids have used it for good. So maybe I could even look up some of those people and bring them in for that case study for YouTube. Um, Plus, I know she posts examples of stuff like that on um, Instagram. Amazing. Um, So, you know, trying to bring some of that out in there as well, I think will be really, you know, good for them because I think a lot of times they don't view themselves as having that, you know, if they're going to create a video, they're creating a video of themselves playing a video game.
0: Right, right.
1: But, you know, yes, that helps people. But is that helping you to help others and help your general community and help all those around you?
0: Right. Could you instead do a video screen share of you creating a project for another class and then actually use it for this class? And then, you know, like there's so many opportunities.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I just, I just like how, you know, that gives them that opportunity to really, you know, take these skills and, you know, maybe even beyond just, you know, how would you, how does, does this help you through this exit ticket, but maybe even giving them a place or some sort of catch, like no catcher or something like that, where they can like, here's three things I want to hold on to from today's class.
0: Love it. Yes. And that feeds into that final, whatever it is that they create. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I really like this. I think this is going to be really good. I'm so glad we did this. I mean, I'm so overwhelmed about this whole idea, but I love this whole idea.
0: (laughs) I feel like you have both.
1: (laughs) But I feel like at least now I'm like doing something that like it has continuity. And right now I don't feel like we have continuity. Like we finished what we were doing because I didn't have the whole thing planned out.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, and it was my first attempt and that's okay. Like yeah, totally I tell the kids all the time, like yeah. I try something for the first time, it doesn't always work. That's okay, That's the way the work things work.
0: Right. That's a perfect model for like some of those things, like the troubleshooting, right? Like that this is troubleshooting. Inaction. I mean, like
1: this week I taught my kids how to use flip on the iPads and the first time it did not go so hot. And I said I to them, i was that. like, thanks for being flexible guys. <laughs> I realized that I had forgotten to do something because it was, I've done this on computers, not on iPads. And by the third or fourth time it went great. But the first two times were a little dicey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of like all the tech things that you do, I feel like listeners are going to want to get in touch with you, whether it's to follow up with how the unit went or just to like, learn more about what you do. Cause that's the thing you're kind of everywhere. You have a book, like you have all the things. So uh-huh. where, where can people find you and connect with you?
1: Um, So my website is tannenbaumtech.com, and that's pretty much um, where all of my stuff is sourced, but I'm pretty, I'm on social media, mostly on Twitter for now, I guess. Um, It seems like it's getting better. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter and Facebook, a little on Instagram, uh, at Tech, I'm consistent throughout all the platforms I use. Um, But yeah, I'm really lucky I get a chance to share what I love. I'm really passionate about empowering student agency, and nurturing it with our youngest learners, I really want to help our youngest learners to become creators. I even work with pre-K kids, having them create.
0: Amazing. Um,
1: and really trying to, you know, make sure that we're really using technology to provide students with opportunities they wouldn't have without the technology. Um, there's so much going on right now where kids are consuming that we really have to take them and activate that learning. And you know, not all technology use is equal. And we really need to build that knowledge because, you know, so many times I hear, well, our kids spend so much time on computers. We need to get them off computers. Well, what are they doing on the computers? It's super important. So I'm really trying to build that knowledge base to help educators find meaningful ways to use it that aren't overwhelming. My goal is never for them to feel like oh my God, I, there's just so much to do. I want them to see how you know technology can build with universal design for learning and how it can really give them those creation opportunities um, and the accessibility. So you know, I've really been working on a lot with that. And um, in May of 2021, which is almost two years ago, that's crazy. Um, my book, Transform Techie Notes to Make Learning Sticky came out from Road to Awesome. And that just talks about my journey and how I found ways to, Use technology to help things stick, whether it's for me as a learner or for my students as learners. Um, and I'm really proud of that. And then in June of this past year, I contributed to a book called Amplifying Instructional Design, where I wrote a whole chapter on engagement. Um, so I'm really trying to find ways to, you know, help students take those next steps to build that agency, but also to help teachers. And so, you know, sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you can't see it. So having these, this conversation today really helped me to kind of take a step back and look at it from a different angle. Um, but that's where you can find me. And uh, definitely I have a newsletter, I have a website, um, I post blogs about every two weeks. So definitely check it out and, um, well- let me know if you want me to come work with you.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to link to all that stuff in the show notes. So if you are driving right now, don't worry, like just, just <laughs> grab that link later. Um, Thank you, Debbie, so much. This is so fun. I just so appreciate your time and your willingness to come do this and share this. No, This was with great. This was everything that, like
1: that I hoped for. I just didn't know exactly where we were going to go, but this is like exactly what I needed that I didn't know I needed. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. If you're
0: leaving this episode wanting more, you're going to love my live coaching intensive curriculum bootcamp. I help one department or grade team create feminist, anti-racist curricula that challenges, affirms, and inspires all students. We weave current events into course content and amplify student voices, which skyrockets engagement and academic achievement. It energizes educators feeling burnt out, and it's just two days. Plus, you can reuse the same process anytime you create a new unit, which saves time and money. If you can't wait to bring this to your staff, I'm inviting you to sign up for a 20-minute call with me. Grab a spot on my calendar at ww.linindseybethlions.com/slash contact. Until next time, leaders, continue to think big, act brave, and be your best self. This podcast is a proud
1: member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter dot com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.